Hello and welcome to Saltwire today for Monday, April 24th. I'm your host, Kate Walker. Most of us know him best from the COVID-19 press briefings as we waited anxiously for pandemic updates the last few years. Our chief medical officer of health, Dr. Robert Strang, he quickly became the face of Nova Scotia's team that led efforts to decrease the spread of the virus across our province. Dr. Strang sat down with Saltwire's Katie Jean recently to reflect back on the past few years, the moment he first became aware of an unusual respiratory illness in Wuhan, China, right after Christmas in 2019, the virus that would lock down the world. From the hope that arrived with vaccines to the disheartening feeling of the Omicron variant boosting another wave, there were a flurry of emotions that came with and still come with COVID-19. Through it all, Dr. Strang says he's heartened by the strength of Nova Scotians and the hard work that was put in to push through. I think Nova Scotians did an amazing job, those, especially those first two years, which were necessary. The year one was the year of the unknown. Year two was the year of the, va- of the vaccine. And year three, we're still in this you know, year of transition. But those first two years where we really had to make some really hard decisions, and ultimately we told people what they needed to do, but it only worked because people chose to do it. And while vaccines were the center of controversy, Dr. Strang stands by his decisions and reiterates that they remain first priority against severe disease and play a major role of keeping people out of the hospital and keeping people alive. Peggy's Cove has the highest number of drownings than any other site in Nova Scotia. Four Dalhousie engineering students are now aiming to change that. They developed a prototype launching device that shoots an inflatable life jacket to rescue people that have fallen off the treacherous black rocks into the water. The problem that was posed to us was the frequency of drowning at Peggy's Cove has not really gone down. It continues to increase and you're seeing more and more victims, uh, usually tourists who come in and don't realize the strength of the ocean. Um, So they just wanted any solution. They needed effort and uh, they wanted us to kind of see what we could do. The life jacket gets fired in under 60 seconds and can travel 100 feet through high force winds. There are also CO2 canisters attached to the launcher that inflates the life jacket. The canisters are tethered by a plastic safety rope so that the bystanders can pull the victim safely to shore. So the big things with this project was getting something to the person in the water as quickly as possible and making it as easy to use as possible. The idea was that like it would be almost like a fire extinguisher where anybody would know how to use it, know where it is, be able to grab it and fire it if they need to. So the biggest thing was just speed and ease of use. The team has been working on this for eight months as part of their senior year design project. They were given 25 issues and had to choose one that they were most interested in solving. Well, a big concern with non-preventative solutions in the past has been endangering other rescuers. And uh, so with this device, we'd like to see five of these installed along the coastline and we'd like to have them shoot far enough that nobody's getting in harm's way in a rescue. The team of students worked closely with Paul Dion from the Nova Scotia branch of the Life Saving Society. Dion invested money into the prototyping process and advised the team on the best ways to save lives. The challenging aspect was day one when we were assigned the project. We all voted so we kind of knew what was what was the challenge but Saving someone is it's a hard task. You got one shot and if if you don't sail it, it's a, if you don't save them it's a fail. Peggy's Cove has had signs and patrols put in place to stop people from falling in. This device is the first measure that's being looked at that isn't preventative. 
Bystanders, a drama directed and co-written by Halifax writer and actor Kumbi, premiered on the big screen at Cineplex Cinema's Park Lane on Friday. Filmed in Nova Scotia and starring an almost exclusively East Coast cast, Bystanders deals with the themes of sexual violence and the conversations that surround it. The film tells the story of six childhood friends getting together for an annual remote vacation retreat. Tensions arise when one character reveals a dark secret that divides the group. Taking home the award for best screenwriting at the Atlantic International Film Festival last year, the film is a project seven years in the making. According to Kumbi, the film started life as a short in 2016. Through the writing process, it evolved over time into a full 82-minute feature. While she's been directing short films since 2016, Bystanders is Kumbi's first feature-length film at the helm. Bystanders is currently playing at Cineplex Cinema's Park Lane and will be available on Apple, Amazon and cable on demand on May 26th. The Yarmouth Junior A Mariners are the MHL Metal Fab Cup 2022-23 league champions and now hold a remarkable place in league history. Not only did the Mariners sweep the Edmonston Blizzard by winning the championship in four games in the best of seven league championship series, but the Mariners swept all three of their rounds to go a perfect 12-0 in the playoffs. Yarmouth becomes the first ever MHL team to ever achieve this feat. The Mariners will now represent the MHL at the National Centennial Cup happening in Manitoba from May 11th to 21st. Saltwire's Tina Camo has more on the excitement and pride from Yarmouth. The Yarmouth Junior A Mariners arrived back in Yarmouth on the evening of April 22nd with some precious new cargo on their bus, and their fans couldn't wait to see it. The night before, the Mariners had won the MHL Metal Fab Cup on the road, capturing the league championship with a 5-1 victory in Game 4 over the Edmonston Blizzard. The league championship capped off what has been an amazing season for the Mariners. The Yarmouth team also made MHL history, becoming the first team in the league to ever sweep all three playoff rounds to win the league championship with a perfect 12-0 record. On the evening of April 21st, hundreds of Mariners fans gathered at the Yarmouth Mariners Center where they watched their team's league championship victory on the big screen and celebrated the team's accomplishments. The next evening, fans eagerly waited outside the Mariner Center for the team to arrive home. On the bus, the team was just as eager to arrive back in Yarmouth to share their championship with the community, saying this win not only belongs to the team, but to Yarmouth as well. Players shared their thoughts. We were anxious to get back. Uh, we very excited. Uh, we knew there was going to be a crowd and uh, couldn't have pictured it would be any better than this. What was it like for you guys coming home to Yarmouth with the cup? Uh, I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, the fans really make it awesome, you know, coming out to support. It's really cool. I love it. The home stretch was the longest, but uh, we had a lot of fun because of the fact that we had the cup there. So we'll get some uh, rest and recovery and we'll be back at it for Nationals. As league champions, the Yarmouth Mariners will now represent the MHL at the 10-team National Centennial Cup, being held in Portage La Prairie, Manitoba from May 11th to the 21st. At that tournament will be the host team and the nine league champions that collectively make up the Canadian Junior Hockey League. For the Mariners fans, it means the excitement will continue in a season that this year is truly going the distance. This is Tina Camo reporting for Saltwire in Yarmouth. 
It's time now for a glimpse of today's Thinking Out Loud with Sheldon McLeod. Today, Sheldon is speaking with Bill Swan about the long-promised but long-delayed National Pharmacare Program. There is no guarantee that we will have a Pharmacare plan in place before potentially the next federal election. How much longer can we wait? I don't think we can wait much longer, but there there isn't that political will. Um, I think the lobbying efforts that came out um, from the pharmacy pharmaceutical um, uh, folks is is quite difficult to deal with. I'll, I'll just point you at the uh, the more recent stuff about the Patent and Pricing uh, Medicines Review Board, which we were going to have some of the best um, cost control mechanisms in the world frankly, for pharmaceuticals. Um, And the pushback uh, was immense from from pharmaceutical companies. They brought to bear people from rare disease groups, um, basically uh, patient groups that have been co-opted because they're funded by by pharmaceutical companies. Um, So I think we're going to see that same pressure come to bear on pharmacare because, well, frankly, I mean, I've estimated we probably save somewhere between 15 and $25 billion every single year. Well, it, if we save the money, it's not going to someone else. And that means the firm and school companies want to keep that money in their pocket. Frankly, I'd rather it be in the taxpayer's pocket that rather than somebody's boat or, or second home. And for Sheldon's full conversation, head to the opinion section of saltwire.com. Time now for the Atlantic Sports Wire, presented by Scott Squires. Joining me is Micah Anderson, just finished being part of the winning team, the St. Margaret's Bay Slam, capturing the U18 AAA Provincial Championship. How's it feel? It's great to be with these guys again, haven't played with them since U14, so it's been a blast for sure. What was the most important thing for you in your game today to help this team win? I think it's really just as soon as I get on the court, giving it 100%, diving for loose balls, trying to take those charges, getting in those passing lanes. Um, as soon as you have the chance to give it your all, I say take it and just make the most of it. So that's what I tried to do as soon as I got on the court all today. And what did this tournament mean to you this weekend? How good was it for you to be able to play in this? It meant a lot. Um, we had a lot of high, skilled high school players. Um, in this tournament and it's just been a blast to compete all weekend that's a big thing for me I'm always looking for the next challenge so to compete against these high-level players it's been a blast and to play with high-level players as well it's been really really exciting this whole weekend catch my full interview with Micah by clicking on the video tab at saltwire.com and also by visiting our saltwire youtube channel in Halifax I'm Scott Squires for the Atlantic Sportswire Thank you, Scott. On to weather now to see what's coming up in the forecast. We're going to check in now with our weather specialist, Alistair Alders. Thanks, Kate. Well, I can't start this forecast without talking about the amazing display of the Aurora Borealis over parts of Nova Scotia last evening. Take a look. Christine Rose shared this photo from Upper Tantallon around 3 o'clock this morning. Such a beautiful display of the northern lights. And where skies were clear last night, the auroras were on full display. Very vibrant. Some people saying it's the most vibrant they've ever seen them here in Nova Scotia. We do have a full gallery of photos from right across Atlantic Canada on saltwire.com. Now, unfortunately, viewing of the auroras likely won't be as great tonight. 
the chances of seeing it are diminishing and the weather also not in our favor. This evening we'll have mainly cloudy skies with fog patches developing and the temperature near 4 degrees and starting tomorrow morning walking out the door it will be chilly near 1 degree with mainly cloudy skies and fog patches. More so a mix of sun and cloud as we go through the afternoon tomorrow with a high of 11 degrees inland but along the coast closer to 7 degrees. High pressure remains the dominant feature for the next several days here in Nova Scotia so still looking at a very dry pattern. The best shot at some showers will be on Thursday. These will be isolated if they do occur and won't lead to any significant accumulation. So while the sunshine is nice, we do need a bit of rain because concerns continue to rise about this very dry pattern that we could see possible drought conditions as we head into May. Kate. Thank you, Alistair. That's all for now. For more extended video and full online articles, stay tuned to saltwire.com and you can find us on social media. I'm your host, Kate Walker. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you back here tomorrow. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.